Well, as you can see, this is no ordinary Mother's Day service. <laughs> if anybody didn't catch that right away, I want to inform you so you don't get lost. It's not an ordinary Mother's Day sermon. And I have wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. Everything that's happened this morning has been right in line. And Pastor Roe can affirm this and probably anybody else that's ever spoke. Sometimes you're just wanting to um, keep you from doing what God wants you to do. And you have to battle through it. Not only in preaching a sermon, but you have to battle through your everyday life sometimes because sometimes when God wants to do something for you, something happens and you wrestle with it and you think it's not right. And you have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And I want to say it's an honor and a privilege to share the word of God with all the mothers today, the grandmothers, adopted mothers, stepmoms, godmothers, spiritual mothers, foster moms, and anyone that I forgot, and all of the men, all you handsome men that have had to step up to the plate and be the mother for your kids for whatever reason. God is with you. He is with you. And he will give you that which you need if you will press into him. But, you know, every day is an opportunity to, whether it's behind the pulpit, at the table, shopping, or wherever you are, it's always a privilege to share the Word of God with anybody. Even if it's just another person, it's always uplifting. It's always encouraging. The Word of God will lift you up. It will encourage you. And I want to honor all the moms. Even if you're not a natural mom, you stand in the gap for children regardless of how old they are. And I got news for you. Once you have that baby, you're in it for life. You never get out of it. Not that you want to, but you never get out of it because you are in it for life. It's not an 18 and out the door. It is till as long as either some of you are on the earth, until one of you leaves, you are always that mom. And that child will call you in times of need. They may not call you any other time. But when the phone rings and you see their name, you say, must something must be wrong with them. But you know, a mother's love, she picks that phone up and listens anyway. She picks that phone up and she will go to the end of the earth for that child. Uh, if you're young and don't have any children yet, it's never too early to start praying for your kids in the future. It is never too early to start because when you start praying for your kids and you pray the word of God over them, you are setting a precedent. You are setting their life in order. You are going to have that child. My daughter had sent me a message this morning and told me that she thanked me for making her so strong and independent and all that. And I wrote back and I said, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was a God thing. She wrote back and said, yeah, but you had to pray. And pray I did for her. And so the kids know, your kids need to hear you praying. Your kids need to know when you shut that door at home that you're a Christian. Anybody can be a Christian here. It's easy. The anointing's easy. But when you go home and shut that door, that's when you need to be a Christian. Uh, before I share what God's given me, I want to share a couple of testimonies. And uh, Pastor Rowe often mentions testimonies. I remember when we used to have testimony service too. When I was in Florida, visiting my daughter in April, you know, if you don't know my story, when I started believing God for different things, I started believing for a parking place because I didn't like to walk. I wanted a parking place. I wanted a close parking place. I was in Florida, and it was raining like somebody had a garden hose up there turned on. 
And I really, and I had a rental car, didn't have an umbrella, didn't have anything. If you've ever been to Florida when it's raining, you know how soaking that rain is. I was driving down this street in Port St. Joe, wasn't really thinking about it, and it was, all the parking places were full. The car backed out of the parking place right in front of the door of the store that I was going to. And I really wasn't even thinking about it. Teresa's talking about God caring about the little things. He cares about the little things. Now, this morning it was raining, and I didn't get that close to the parking place. I want to tell you that. But I also want to tell you it doesn't bother my faith. I'm still believing God for the close parking places. Because it didn't turn out like I wanted to, I'm still believing God for he's going to take me through. And you know, when I went to Myers last night, and you know how they had them crazy little 15-minute parking places that's real annoying? I usually get the one right next to it. And I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep believing. I'm not going to change. And then when I came home, I had a water leak under my sink. And Teresa was talking about the cars being unnerving. A water leak's unnerving, too. And I knew what was wrong with it, but I was afraid to do anything with it because I was afraid water would go everywhere. So I called the people that I normally get. They were all booked up till May, in the middle of May. So they gave me two other names. And so I thought, you know, I think I'll call this guy here. Now, I thought I'd call that guy here. It was God. This man came out, and he fixed my leak. And he got ready to go, and I said, uh, you're going to give me a bill, send me a bill, email me a bill? He says, oh, I'm not going to charge you. You think God doesn't care about the little things in your life? You think how unnerving it is when that water's leaking underneath your sink? But God knows, and God takes care of it. And the last two sermons that Pastor Roe has preached, the table is set, and under the table could well be Mother's Day sermons. And I encourage you to go back and listen to them. They are encouraging. Each time you listen to them, you'll get something new. Each time, God will drop another nugget in your, in your spirit. And then last Sunday, Ab- Abigail gave a word of the Lord about pressing through, about pushing through to the breakthrough. We were pushing this morning. We were pushing today. Now, we aren't completely broke through yet, but we're pushing. We're crowning. We're pushing. And God has something for us here. And we need to know that we need to keep pushing. We need to keep seeking. We need to keep following God. And um, you need to get ready for something. And don't miss it. Don't miss it. When you wake up on Sunday morning, you think, I don't think I'm going to church today. You better get out of bed and get dressed and get there because you do not want to miss it. And we are in the, in the crowning moment and the pushing to a breakthrough. You know, some days, sometimes Mother's Day, not all the time, Mother's Day can be hard for some people. It can be very discouraging because... Uh, You may not have had a good relationship with your mom. You need to start praying today to mend that relationship. Even if your mom's not in agreement with you, you need to start praying today for that uh, uh, mending of that relationship. Even if she's no longer here, you need to go to God with that problem and allow God to deliver you from that bondage. You need to go to him and listen to him and do what he says to do. God can lead you and guide you and free you from that burden. It's Satan wanting to hold you down. It's Satan wanting to keep you from what God has for you. And I don't know, certainly ha- I don't certainly have all the answers. Well, sometimes I do have all the answers, but not right now. 
But I know the man that has the answers. I may not be able to tell you what the answer is, but I can point you to the guy that has the answers. I can tell you where to go and what to do. Find those answers. And uh, your mom may have already went on to to eternity. My mom uh, went to eternity in uh, 2015. But you know what? Did I want to let her go? No. She was 97. But you're never ready to give them up. But you know what? She had lived all her life searching for God, or not searching, but serving God and wanting to be with Jesus. Why would I want to hold her down here for this when she wanted to go on and be with him? And uh, when I see her, when I think about her, I see her worshiping 24-7 with Jesus. She always used to, we used to kid her. She always acted, you know, them horses that prance, you know, when they got the feathers and all that. My mom used to put her hand behind her back like this, and she'd throw her head back like this, and she'd just go prancing. And we always told her she looked like the horse in the parade. But I can tell you, she's doing it now, and she's having fun. You may have children that are not serving the Lord, and that's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. And some may have wanted children for whatever reason. They haven't had children. That's another heartbreak. There are many reasons for a lot of different emotions. If you have a reason to be sad on this day, and many times mothers feel like they are standing alone, but you're not standing alone. I want to encourage you today that you're not standing alone. I heard a lady on uh, one of my devotions, and she was from California. She said she was taught at a young age that when things started shaking, when things started trembling, when things started flying off the wall, when dishes started flying, to find a strong place that she could duck under. Basically, that's, spirit, that's biblical. Because when your world starts falling apart, when things start falling down around you, when it looks like there's no answer... Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs in it and he is safe. Whenever your world feels like it's falling down and around you, you run to that tower because that's where your safety is. That's where God will deliver you. That's where he will keep you. And God also said in Psalms in the Passion Translation 118.24, This is the very day of the Lord. That brings gladness and joy, filling our hearts with glee. And then Amplified, it says, This day in which God has saved me is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Don't allow the burdens and trusts and trials of life cheat you out of the joys of the Lord. Recognize where your burdens come from. I didn't do research on this, but I'm pretty sure that it's hard to find answers when you're sad. Because all you can see is the sadness. All you can see is the problems. That's why he put that verse in there. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad. And I don't care if I did have to walk a few cars from the parking lot. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord and I'm going to be glad in it. Whatever comes my way. And you know, sometimes we can look at people and we can think, they don't have a problem in the world. And sometimes you don't know what problems they do have. But they choose to put this scripture into effect. I choose. When I get up in the morning, I have a choice of choosing to be rejoice in the Lord or be down in the mulligrubs. I have a choice of doing where I'm going to praise God regardless of the circumstance or I'm going to let the circumstance rule me. And if you are stubborn, 
bullheaded or whatever else, you're going to tell the Lord and you're going to stand against the devil. You are going to say, devil, you are not going to ruin my day today. I will rejoice and I will allow the Lord to shine through me. And Pastor Rose said, your burdens can also be a blessing. Sometimes that's hard to recognize, isn't it? But you know what? It's what you choose to do with it. It's what you choose to do with it. He also said, depending on where your faith is, will depend on whether you have a blessing or a burden. Don't get mad at me. That sounds good. He said that. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? It's your choice, right? He's telling you it's your choice. It can either be a blessing or it can be a burden. You decide what it's going to be. And when those burden comes, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to run to every Tom, Dick, Harry, Joe, Susie, and and Jane and complain? No, you're supposed to run to that tower. You're supposed to run to the Lord at that tower, and you're supposed to tell him all the things that happened. He already knows it, but he wants to know that you know it. And he wants you to bring it to him, and he will take care of you. I am a living example Because God has taken care of me so many times in my life when I thought I could not put one foot in front of the other. But I chose to serve him. I choose joy. And I I will not allow these burdens. It's not that I'm always saying, oh, glory, hallelujah. But I'm quoting the word. And I'm quoting the word. And I'm standing on the word. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am by no means taken away from the hurt and pain. But I am saying this, he can fill you with peace, his joy, his comfort that surpasses all emotions. He will fill you with that peace. You know, some days I just, and I'm all there by myself, I just feel giggly. And I, as you know, it takes a while for me to smile, as you know, if you know me very well. But sometimes I'm just bubbling on the inside. I'm just giggling on the inside. And there's nobody there but me and the two dogs. And it's the peace of God. It is his peace. It is his comfort. It is his joy. But I choose. I invite him in. I choose to invite him in. Uh, And you always have to remember that uh, Proverbs 18.10. I want you to inscribe this on your brain today. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it. And it, it is safe. He is safe. We don't need to walk. You need to run. You need to run like somebody's after you. And somebody is after you. And you know who it is. We're not going to give him the opportunity to take away from what God has for us today. And I said all of this because I don't want you to miss what God has for you today, right now. Where you are, give him all your cares. And mothers have a lot of cares. And dads that have stepped up to the plate to be the mother has a lot of cares. And I know the dads do a really good job when that happens. But guys, you don't have the feelings that a mother does. There is nothing like a mother's love. And there's nothing like a mother's wrath either. But there's nothing like a mother's love. She aches when that child aches. You hurt that child, you hurt that mother. And she's ready to fight you. She's ready to take over. But you know, God is the same way about us. He loves us. He loves us. And he will fight for you. He will fight for you. If you're good and don't have any of these cares, pray for the ones that do. 
If you don't have any cares and everything's just going hunky-dory, you pray for those who do. But this is a Hallmark holiday, not a biblical. You guys knew that though, right? Uh, the secular Mother's Day, the origin, came back and took place in the early 1900s. No, I was not born then, but I did read about this. A woman named Anna Jarvis started a campaign for an official holiday honoring mothers in 1905, the year her own mother died. The first, the first larger scale celebration of the holiday was in 1908 when Jarvis made a public memorial for her mother in her hometown of Grafton, West Virginia. Over the next few years, she pushed for the holiday to be officially recognized, and it was celebrated increasingly more and more. And in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation making Mother's Day an official holiday to take the place the second Sunday of May. Now, Anna Jarvis put Mother's Day on the calendar as a day dedicated expressing love and gratitude to mothers, acknowledging their sacrifices that women make for their children. But God put Mother's Day on the calendar years ago to be celebrated every day. I always told my kids, Mother's Day is 365, 64 days out of the year. It's not just that one holiday. It is every day. And then we have many, uh, several biblical mothers. Mary, the mother of Jesus, which Teresa said this morning when she said to the angel, be it unto me according to thy word. And we need to say that about our kids. Be it unto me according to thy word, Lord. Help me to be that mother according to your word that you want me to be. How many know who Jochebed is? Pastor does. Several do. That's the mother of Moses. How would you like to have a name like Jochebed? It's the mother of Moses. And you know the story about Moses, how she put him in the basket and put him down the river? Do you think you could do that with one of yours? Now, there are days that you might want to put it in the basket and put it down the river. But I mean, on a regular basis, you think you could do that and let that child go? I couldn't. I couldn't. And then you have the mother of Samuel, the prophet, who she cried to the Lord at the temple and the Lord gave her the baby, and then she relinquished him to the uh, the priest. And, he, and Samuel lived with the priest, and that grew into be the prophet that he was. Now, the next one is a real kick in the ribs. Manoah's wife is an unmarried figure in the book of Judges, the wife of Manoah. She was introduced in Judges 13.2 as a barren woman, The angel of the Lord appears to her and tells her she will have a son. She later gives birth to Samson. Now, you know what all Samson did. Samson, was he couldn't cut his hair. He was a Nazarite. That's where his strength lies. But you know what happened to Samson? He started playing around with the devil. He started pushing the envelope. He started giving in a little bit of this. And he he had special things. He couldn't drink any kind of alcohol. He couldn't uh, go with some of the tribes to take a wife. God had him set aside. But he thought he could handle it. And he started playing around with the devil, laying his head in Delilah's lap. And then when Delilah would sweet talk him out of the thing, he would kid her. And then he would get up and shake himself. And the strength was still there 
Till one time he pushed it too far. And his strength was gone because he told her his secret that his strength lied in his hair. And so, but how would you like to be the mother unknown name? If you are blessed to have a mother with you, I want to read these scriptures. Ephesians 6, 2, 3 from the Passion. For the commandment, honor your father and your mother. And we'll get you guys a little bit more in June, okay? For your father and your mother was the first of the Ten Commandments with a promise attached. You will prosper and live a long, full life if you honor your parents. That's the a commandment that was given to Moses back in, it's in Exodus 20.12. But God, that's the uh, commandment that he gave. It's not a, if you feel like it, it's oh, honor your father and your mother. And when you honor your father and your mother, you show them respect. You do what they ask as long as it's unto the Lord. I mean, don't do anything crazy. They ask you, you know what I'm saying? But Christian mothers, when they ask you to do something, you should honor your father and your mother and do it. And your days will be prolonged upon the earth. And, you know, I thought about when Laquell was talking about her son. At 2.30 in the morning, she ran to the tower she didn't start crying and, and, well, she might have started crying, I don't know, but she didn't start blaming other people and doing other things. She ran to the tower. She started prophesying to him. She ran to the tower. But if she hadn't had that in her spirit, it wouldn't have been able to come out. So she spent the time to put that in her spirit. And you need to spend the time to put it in your spirit, if you would, please. Because this is what God wants us to do. This is what we need. Now, with that being said, you don't have to. You don't have to put the word in your heart. You don't have to commit it to memory. You can go on your merry little way. But when troubles come, it's not going to come to you. And you're not going to be able to run to that tower like Laquell did. You're not going to be able to prophesy to your son or your daughter like she did. But uh, the commandment to honor your father and your mother is the only one with a promise attached. It doesn't say honor your father and mother on the second Monday or second Sunday of May. It doesn't say that. Our, your Bible might, mine did. And I looked in several translations and I don't said that. None of them had May the sec, uh, second Sunday in May. None of them. Kids come into the world selfish. I don't know if you know that. And some of them never outgrow it, tell you the truth. But they come into the world selfish and self-centered. And that's from sin being brought into the world at the fall of man. That's what it comes from. Okay. It's a mother's responsibility. And a father will get you in June. But some other responsibility to start praying over that child. To start reading the word over that child. To come against that selfishness that is there. And take authority over that. And I'll say it's a lot easier to teach them when they're babies than when they get 16. If you wait till you're 16, with God all things are possible. And I do believe that. But you're going to have a run for your money if you wait till they're 16. From the moment they are a conception, actually, from the moment of conception, for any of you who don't have kids yet, in the future, from the moment of conception, you need to start declaring the word of God over that baby. Not only for his health and his well-being, but for his spiritual life. You need to start declaring that. Uh, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. That's Martin Luther. To be a Christian without prayer 
is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. If you are a Christian, you need to pray and pray and pray. And I've been around a few years. I don't think I have ever seen as much turmoil, as many problems and things that are in the world today. I don't ever remember in the strife and the things. But you know what? God is in control. God has got it. And you need to run to that tower. In Colossians 4.2 it says, Don't be weary in prayer. Keep at it. Watch for God's answers. And remember to be thankful when they come. When you start praying for something, as soon as you say amen, you should start looking around for the answer. You should start expecting it. You should start believing that's going to happen. And you have to keep it going. Don't just throw a prayer up in the air and let it fall where it may. You grab a hold of that prayer and you pray it through. You make sure that you're looking for the answer, that you believe God for the answer. Because if you don't, sometimes Satan can get in there and it not be answered. And you can say, what happened to that prayer? You know, what happened? Well, you know, it's your fault. Sorry. It's your fault. Because you need to start looking for answers. I heard a uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. He's a psychologist. And I heard him on the, the I don't know what it was, on, it's on my computer. Reading the Bible is like reading a textbook. It tells us the things that are good for us psychologically, emotionally, relational, in every way. Now, when I read that, isn't that what Pastor Rose has been preaching isn't that what he's been telling us? Isn't that what? Okay, when he, he tells us we can't just let it fall on deaf ears, we have, to put, we have to put it into practice. We have to look for it. One of the first things he said was devote yourself to prayer, in prayer. Devote yourself in prayer. To be mindful and devoted and proactive. Giving ourselves to praying being in touch with God. There is so much research what that does for your emotional and psychological health. Be a person of prayer. Pastor Rose said last Sunday, I think it was, or the Sunday before, be intentional. Don't just, you know, say, oh, whatever, and catch it. But be intentional. Be watchful. Things we know about happy people from our research, is they are intentional people. And I want to say one thing right now. There's a difference in happy and joy. Happy can come and go by your circumstances. Joy is that joy down deep in your spirit that only comes from God. And it just doesn't come and go. It is there. When you are intentional in prayer, the joy of the Lord, and there's a scripture, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It is what keeps me going. To be watchful is to be an intentional person, and those are the most thriving people on earth. Do you want to be thriving? Be intentional in prayer. And don't just say anything. Pray the word of God. There is nothing that you need that cannot be found in the word of God that you can't pray those scriptures and see that to come to pass. You have to be thankful. So much research shows what gratitude does for us. 
If you're a thankful person, it seems like things just keep happening and keep happening, and you're not a grabby person that just grabs all you can get. You're just thankful. It's no surprise. What does the word say about thankful? Thankfulness comes up 71 times in the New Testament, and most of those instances are this word or related to this word to the definition to show oneself grateful, to be thankful, to give thanks. It is used in a religious sense with or without God's reference to God. To be thankful, you need to purposely be thankful. Don't always be nagging God about wanting something else. Be thankful for what you've got. Be thankful for your health. Be thankful for your roof over your head. Be thankful for your car, even if it quits running sometimes. Be thankful because God can help you get it fixed again. What did Jesus say about thankfulness? Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. That's what Jesus said about being thankful. Every day, intentionally think of how you are going to devote yourself in prayer. What, how are you going to be watchful about life? Anxiety is running rapid. I have never, I know in my 29 years, I have never heard of anxiety like it does today. Never. But anxiety is taking over. Now, where do you think anxiety comes from? It's not from God. It's not from the Word of God. And is this hard? Yes, it is hard. It is difficult. It's an intentional decision that you are going to make, that you are not going to allow anxiety to rule over you because it is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. There's commercial one time. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But don't allow it to be where you are. You take authority over with the word of God. That song that we sang today, you have the authority. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and use that authority. But to uh, what we're going for in, is intentionally invest in your prayer life. You have to be devoted. You have to be watchful. You have to be thankful. And I added this. You have to be intentional. You know, I don't like to read. And I've always struggled with reading, even the Bible. I like to study, but I didn't like to read. And so on December 1st, 2019, I began reading a chapter in Luke every morning. And by the time Christmas got here, I'd read the Christmas story. That set a pattern for me. I intentionally set out to read the Bible. I have read every morning since then. And I start by being intentional. It's a part of my life. I look forward to it. And when I don't have it, there's something missing. I have kept that up from time from that time. Now, if you know me, sometimes I may be a few minutes late. But I'm always there, and God knows me too. But I set this time for 7 a.m. every morning. When Pastor Rowe had a thing one time about praying an hour, I chose my time for 7 a.m. I keep that time up at 7 a.m. might be 7.03, 7.05, but God's always there waiting on me. I'm there. And I always add on the other end. But I'm there. Um, so you have to be intentional. Now, I, I've got a love a deeper love for the Bible. 
just by being that intentional. Now, when I see a book laying around, I don't say, oh, hot dog, I'm going to pick that book up and read it. I still don't do that. But I read the word of God every day. And that is the most important. So on this Hallmark holiday for Mother's Day, I hope I've encouraged you to make every day a biblical Mother's Day. Not only for your own mother, but you know, there are people, women out there that need God's love. There are people and women out there that are struggling. Reach out and give them a biblical Mother's Day. Reach out to them. It's not just, you know, confined to your mother. I hope I've encouraged you to give God praise in all circumstances. Don't praise him for the circumstances, but praise him in spite of the circumstances. Praise him. Because, you know, when you praise God, he's the light of the world, right? And when you start praising, it brings him into that situation, and darkness has to flee. When you start praising, you bring God into that situation, and you will get an answer. And I hope I've encouraged you to get into the word and let Jesus shine through you to bring others into the kingdom of God. Because that's the way the kingdom is going to grow. I mean, Pastor Rose is a terrific preacher, but he can only do so much. It's going to take each one of us allowing that sunshine in us of the word to shine out that people are going to come into the kingdom of God. So remember to be devote yourself in prayer, be watchful, be thankful, and most of all, be intentional. But today, if you're out and about, be aware of uh, some women that may not be in the same position that you are. They might be hurting. They might need a smile. They might need a pat on the back. They might need to know the love of God. Be careful what you when you go out. Don't just put that, and I'm good at this, putting that little thing over me and I just go about my little business. Be intentional to look for people that God is going to ask you to share with. Don't just go on your way and think, you know, I've got it all together. I don't need to do any of that. Reach out to those people. Reach out to those ones that are hurting and they need that love. So I want you to be intentional. I want you to start that uh Prayer, devotion, it is so important. It might only be five minutes a day. Start with five minutes a day. Start wherever you are and build on it. You know, when I first started reading those chapters of Luke, I thought, dear gracious, how many verses are in this chapter? But I got through it. And through getting through it and hanging in there, it's a love that grows. And now I lead at least three chapters every day. Not that that's a, a big deal, a big deal for me, but man, you know, some other people might read, you know, a book a day. I don't know. But the thing about it is being intentional. And I do want to leave you with this verse. And I know we're not all Proverbs 31 women. I'm certainly not, but Proverbs 31 and 29. There are many virtuous And capable women in the world. But you surpass them all. And I want you to take that from God's word. You are the apple of his eye. And you surpass them all. I don't care where you are. I don't care what's in your life. In God's eyes, you surpass them 
awe. He wrote that in Psalms and Proverbs. So grab a hold of that scripture and, and realize what you are. And not only what you are today, what you can be tomorrow, the next day, and on and on because of God, because of his love, because you are virtuous. You are precious. Now, you have a, a lot of responsibility, and trust me, I know. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I do have a son and a daughter-in-law and three perfect grandchildren up here. And I have a daughter and a son-in-law and three perfect grandkids in Florida. And I have two bonus daughters, one in South Carolina and one in North Carolina, and another perfect grandson in South Carolina. So I'm blessed. My quiver is full. I am very blessed. My daughter is a... My daughter, to give you some hope for your kids, if you think they're wild and never coming back, my daughter is a pastor's wife. They pastor a church in Florida. One time I was down there babysitting her kids, and I took one of them to the doctor. And this nurse asked me, said, did you ever think that Kara would be a pastor's daughter? I said, oh, good Lord, no. But God's faithful. God is faithful. She showed no signs. Trust me, she showed no signs of ever being a pastor's wife. But I was praying, and God is faithful. Now, I really didn't pray for her to be a pastor's wife. I just prayed for her to be saved. But God is faithful. So when you look at that child and you think, there is no way, you keep praying because God is faithful, and he hears your prayers, and he will answer those prayers. Now, my son, he's good, too. I mean, they're, they go to church, and they're good Christians, but he wasn't as challenging as she is. So if you have one challenging and one good one, thank God for the good one and pray for that bad one. But enjoy your Mother's Day. Enjoy your Mother's Day and realize you have an awesome responsibility. But God never puts on you more than you're able to bear, and with that temptation, he makes a way for escape. He never puts on you more, and he will make a way for you. He will make a way for your child. Just don't give up. I don't care what the circumstances look like. Don't give up because God is faithful.